0: An honor to come today to congratulate and to acknowledge the wonderful achievement of these uh, graduates uh, at this commencement service. I uh, want to say a special thank you to the parents who graciously have entrusted the care of their sons and daughters to us. Uh, you certainly have blessed us by sending them this way, and uh, it is my prayer that the time that you have spent here has been a blessing for you as well, and that God has used this time to draw you closer. Uh, than ever to the Lord Jesus Christ and that your love and passion for serving Him is is greater today than it was when you got here, but only the beginning of even greater passion that will flow as a result of your time here at Southeastern. This afternoon, I want to simply bring a quick challenge to these graduates, a gospel-centered mandate for growing and building up the body of Christ, a gospel-centered mandate for growing and building up the body of Christ. There's a single verse of scripture where I think God gives us a clear, simple and basic principle for growing his church. That is reaching out to the lost, to our neighbors and also, of course, to the nations. But also building up his church as we are conformed to the image of Christ and equipped for the very specific act of service that he has for each one of you. This one verse is basically comprised of. Five simple words and yet they're pregnant with supernatural energy and supernatural meaning because the three words, as we're going to see, flow naturally from the very character of God himself and they find their ultimate fulfillment and expression in Christ himself. The verse is a familiar one, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. And the words are probably memorized by a number of you already Speaking the truth in love. And so what I want to do is what you were taught to do in hermeneutics. Take this simple verse and ask those who, where, what, when, why, and how questions and simply see three truths that I think explode from these verses that I hope that God will take, plant deep within your heart and that you will then live these out for the duration of the ministry and for the duration of the life that God gives you. First of all, there is an action that we are called to engage. The participle phrase there in verse 15, speaking, literally in the original text, it is speaking truth. The, the words we break out into English is a single word in that text, speaking truth. And it's a present tense participle. So in essence, Paul's saying as a characteristic of your life, you are one who is about the business of speaking truth. Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase, The Message, gives us the context of these words and provides a very helpful insight. He simply writes, no prolonged infancies uh, among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything that we do. Francis Schaeffer said of the Christian God, quote, The infinite personal God is there, but he is not silent. That changes the whole world. And he is right. The fact that there is a God who speaks and a God who speaks clearly and a God who has spoken clearly to us in his word and in Christ, that really does change the whole world. And so the fact that the Christian God is a talking God also means that his children should be talking sons and daughters as well. We speak to friends and to families. We speak to our neighbors and the nations. We speak his words, words of grace and mercy Words of love and kindness, words of righteousness and holiness. We speak. We speak to everyone that we can. We speak to all the nations of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A a message of free and full forgiveness to all who will simply put their faith and trust in him. And so my first challenge to you this afternoon is until the day you breathe your last breath, speak. Speak on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only is there an action that we engage, there is an announcement we proclaim. Speaking the truth. As I was preparing this message, I was again reminded that our God takes very seriously the matter of truth. In fact, he addresses it again and again in Scripture. For example, Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. There are six things which the Lord hates. Seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and a man who sows discord among his brothers. Proverbs twelve twenty two. Lying lips, they are an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs twenty-one, six, the getting of treasure by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. And perhaps one of the most ominous verses, two verses actually, anywhere in the Bible found at the very end where there's so much hope. Revelation 21 and 22, a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, and yet tucked in chapter 21, verse 7 and verse 8, he who conquers shall have this heritage, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, as for murderers, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters... And all liars, their lot shall be the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I believe that you've been taught faithfully here at Southeastern Seminary, and therefore I have no doubt that when it comes to truth, you've been taught that truth is eternal. It's not relative. Truth is essential. It's not an option. And truth is needed, but not always wanted. Some of you are going to be going to the international mission field. Some of you are going to be serving in very difficult context in North America. Keep this in mind. You will be going to people who don't want you there. And you will be sharing a message of truth that they don't want to hear. And yet you will go anyway and you will share Anyway, because you and I are very much aware of the fact that apart from the truth of the gospel, they have no hope. And therefore, you will go and speak of the exclusivity of the gospel. You will go and speak of the faithfulness of God's words and its demands. You will go and speak of the sacredness of life from conception to natural death. You will speak of the sanctity of God's good gift of sex to be enjoyed within the context of marriage between a man and between a woman. You will speak of the love of Christ over the love of a particular nation, though one should love their nation. You will speak, I pray, words of grace over words of legalism and words of forgiveness over words of bondage. Speaking the truth in love, whether it is popular or not. So we have this announcement that we proclaim. And then finally, we have the attitude that we must cultivate. Speaking the truth in love. Here is where many Christians blow it, if we can just be honest. And by the way, there are some of you here today that I know uh, are not Christians. Uh, by the way, we prayed for you yesterday because this graduating class would like nothing more than to see you come to know the Jesus that they love, that they worship, and that they adore. But some of you have never trusted Christ, and in part, it's because you've seen Christians act unchristianly. You've seen Christians perhaps speak even the truth, but to do so in a ugly, harsh, arrogant, even condescending attitude. And let me say to you this afternoon, I want to apologize for that. I want to apologize to you any and every time someone who claims the name of Jesus has not represented Jesus very well by speaking in that kind of a way. You see, we must understand as those who follow in the footsteps of the Nazarene that we must say the right thing and we must say it at the right time and we must say it in the right way. The right thing at the right time in the right way. That means speaking the truth, but always doing it in love. You see, love without truth is mere sentimentalism. And truth uh, without love is often nothing more than judgmentalism and legalism. So if the world is going to lend us its ear, I believe it will do so because it believes that we love them. And they will believe that we love them when we serve them. One man defined love this way. Love is giving ourselves away for the good of another. It is passion in action. I like that. Love is giving ourselves away for the good of another. It is passion in action. It is what a husband does for his wife. Loving his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It is what Jesus did for his church. And it is what we do for others as we faithfully follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Words I pray that you will never forget are words uttered by our Lord on the night that he was betrayed by this Shall all men know that you are my disciples? How? If you have love for one another. Do you see how beautifully the gospel mandate is centered in our Savior speaking the truth in love? Speak. God has spoken, hasn't he? And he has spoken preeminently as the author of Hebrews says... In his son. Yes, he spoke it many times in many ways through the prophets of old. But in this last day, this talking God has spoken decisively in His Son, speaking the the truth. Jesus himself reminded us, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. His closest friend, the Apostle John, writing in his first epistle, said in chapter 5 and verse 20 of Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Speaking the truth in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Again, our Lord's closest friend and the last living eyewitness, the Apostle John, First John chapter 4 and verse 10, "In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so students and friends this afternoon, please... Keep this in mind and never forget at the very heart of speaking the truth in love is this very basic proposition. First, Jesus lived the life that you should have lived and didn't. And Jesus died the death that you should have died but don't have to. And Jesus paid the penalty for your sin so that you will not have to pay that sin if you will hear the truth that I have spoken And this day, accept the love of God that is freely extended to every single one of us who is here today. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment and close your eyes? I mentioned a moment ago that yesterday, as we were having graduation rehearsal, we prayed for you. And in fact, I asked these graduates a very uh, direct and I think a very significant question. I said, let me ask you all this. Imagine tomorrow, Friday afternoon, your dad, your mom, a brother or a sister, a dear friend who is here today who is not a Christian. Imagine tomorrow afternoon during this ceremony they trust Christ. But their trust in Christ would mean that you would leave your diploma standing, lying up here, staying up here on this stage, on this table. How many of you would be willing to leave your diploma behind And would you like to know that every single hand of every single graduate went up? You see, you have sent me a wonderful group of men and women who love the Lord Jesus with all of their heart. And because they love Him, they love you. And nothing would bless them more this day than to find out following this service that you this afternoon in these next few moments made the most important decision a person will ever make in all of their life. And that decision was to repent of your sin and to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And so I'm going to do something that uh, Billy Graham has done for years all around the world. I'm going to lead in what can be called a, a prayer from a sinner to a saving God. And I can tell you this, there's nothing magical about the words, but this much I do know... Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This much I do know that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And so this very moment, you can make that life-altering, eternal destiny-altering decision by simply praying this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. And I thank you that you died on the cross and paid in full the penalty of all of my sin. I am a sinner and I need to be saved. And I recognize that you did for me what I could never do for myself. You paid for all of my sins. I repent and turn from my sin. And I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Jesus alone. And I take you at your word, dear Lord. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm calling. Please save me. And Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that any man or woman, teenager, boy or girl, who just prayed that prayer from their heart, you heard You answered and you have saved and I thank you that you are a God who keeps his word. You are a God of truth. You are a God of love and you are a God who has spoken that wonderful gospel to all of us. And Lord, I pray that uh, following this service in just a few moments, they might share with the graduate that they came to honor today. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad to be here today and hug your neck and give you a kiss, but I did trust the Lord when your uh, president prayed that prayer just a few minutes ago. And I know that nothing will bring greater joy to the heart of our graduates than that someone that they deeply love this day has been born again into the family of God. And Lord, I do thank you for these graduates. And I'm so grateful that they have been taught here how to speak the truth in love. And Lord, I see them doing that day in and day out. May that indeed characterize their lives from this day forward until the day that they are in your presence forever and ever. I ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us.